0: Rachel Held Evans, in her book, Searching for Sunday, said, But the modern-day church doesn't like to wonder or wait. The modern-day church likes results. Convinced the gospel is a product we've got to sell to an increasingly shrinking market. We, like our people, to function as walking advertisements, happy, put together, finished, proof that this Jesus stuff works at its best such a culture generates pews of stepford wife style robots with painted smiles and programmed moves at its worst it creates environments where abuse and corruption get covered up to protect reputations and preserve image the world is watching christians like to say so let's be on our best behavior and quickly hide the mess let's throw up some before and after shots and roll that flashy footage of our miracle product blanching out every sign of dirt, hiding every sign of disease. But if the world is watching, we might as well tell the truth. And the truth is, the church doesn't offer a cure. It doesn't offer a quick fix. The church offers death and resurrection. The church offers the messy, inconvenient, gut-wrenching, never-ending work of healing and reconciliation. The church offers grace. Anything else we try to peddle is snake oil. It's not the real thing. Welcome to the Tweets and Tonic podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Asbury. Political hot topics are intertwined in every aspect of our lives, from your streaming channels to your favorite sports teams, and even in your pulpits. If you are looking for a cultural commentary on those infamous 280 characters brought to you by the little blue bird wear yourself a dream because this is the podcast for you today on the podcast i'm joined by a repeat offender my husband aaron we are taking a deep dive into the new gospel album jesus is king by kanye west perhaps you aren't a kanye fan or maybe even a fan of music i'd encourage you to still take some time to listen to this episode today There's a lot more to this episode than Kanye as this album's music transcends topics. Number 10, at Keith Boykin tweeted, just finished Kanye West's new album. What does Christianity mean if you support a man who locks kids in cages, grabs women by the pussy, calls racist very fine people, lies about a black man's birth certificate, and won't apologize to the wrongly accused Central Park Five.
1: What's your thoughts on it?
0: So it's obviously in reference to Kanye's pseudo-support of Donald Trump, and I was actually thinking about that this week. I don't think that Kanye really knows policy, and if he does, I don't think that's why he's supporting Trump. I think that he's supporting Trump because he likes people being able to be loud and say whatever they want and have this persona and do whatever. And honestly, I think it has to do with the fact that he and Kim have had an end with president Trump and have worked together to get people released from prison, which is a good thing, but I don't think it's this whole, like, make America great campaign. I think he just does so much for attention. It's hard to say what his Trump support is. So I think that that's, that's why I call it pseudo support. But then also with um, Boykin saying, you know, what does Christianity mean with all of that? I understand the sentiment. It's hard to see so many religious leaders that are so vocal about their support for president Trump, um, kind of abandoning a lot of, you know, ideology that goes along with Christianity. So I get that, but I feel like it's one of those things that he just tweeted it to be inflammatory and that goes with working at CNN. So that fits for him. But
1: what about you? Completely different take per se. Um, First of all, the question I'd ask is where was Jesus when he was alive? He was with the people that were deemed less desirable. Correct. Right. So I think Kanye is just loving him like, We should love all people, even if we don't agree with them. Do I think Kanye agrees with all his policies? No, you've never heard Kanye say that. All he said is that he has the same energy as me. And you can support somebody without actually believing or feeling the way they feel about things. And I think we need to start separating that when we talk about situations and people. Because you and I even though we married we, we're married we love each other, but we have different views on a lot of things doesn't mean we don't support each other. it just means that we just disagree and we talk about it we hash it out sometimes we learn from each other sometimes we don't that's just what it is. yeah I don't think that has anything to do with Kanye West's album. I think you were right in that aspect like he's being inflammatory for no reason um I think that's my biggest gripe most of the, most of the comments about this album is not critiquing the album, it's critiquing Kanye West's personal life. And you gotta separate the artist from the music.
0: Yeah, I think so many people are just consumed when this album came out with the fact that he wore the red Make America Great Again hat and Trump this and Trump That and I don't think they gave him the time of day, but there are some people who did and we have tweets from them. Um at Big Noah 256 said, Cannot believe this song is so short. He was in his bag. He did that same shit he did with Jesus. Blood on the leaves. Favorite song. <laughs> Made this track short and last because he knew Convo would be diff if it was first track and longer. I respect it. This is obviously about Jesus' is Lord, which is about 45, 48 seconds on an already super short album. Um, What do you think about, what do you think about the length of the album being so short?
1: I think it doesn't matter because you can kind of roll through onto a second playthrough without even realizing it because the Jesus, uh, Jesus is King loops kind of back into every hour, every minute. And I found myself playing the album going all the way through it and ending back up at the beginning without even realizing that I'm doing another playthrough. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it, it fits in the theme of Kanye albums that his albums always have a continuity to them. Yeah. And, you know, the front half of this one is, you know, Kanye wanting to like live this big life of service and, but his efforts are still so complicated by his ego and, um, all that type of stuff, but then that middle part when he does uh, everything we need kind of comes on to the whole like him praising God more and repenting and serving.
1: I think he said, honestly the shortness helps in a lot of ways but it also, I kind of wanted more on a couple of tracks. Yeah. Like <laughs>
0: There's a few I could use a little less but yeah.
1: Oh, like which ones?
0: Well, I mean, I just think that I really enjoy the choir, but I don't know. It's just, I mean, we'll get into it. It's just so different than a Kanye album. But uh, Variety Magazine tweeted, At Variety, Kanye West, hashtag Jesus is King. Quote, The album is West's second shortest, his least percussive, and his first to feature absolutely no swearing. It's also not very good. I don't agree with the not very good aspect. I actually love that it doesn't have swearing because we can listen to it with our three-year-old who likes to dance around to the Chick-fil-A song, as he
1: calls it. Exactly.
0: But um, what do you think about them saying it's also not very good?
1: I mean, to each his own um, or her own. I don't know who wrote this. Um, I would like to say I thought it was a good album. The production was on point. The instrumentals were great. You know, the, like, and I think people missed the deeper nuances of some of the songs. Was it Sela or Everything? Everything We Need? When he was talking about He Used to Serve the Devil, He's mm-hmm. Taking a Strike Now? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he says a lot of things without going into deeper detail, but I think some of the things he said were kind of powerful. Like uh, one of my favorite tracks is uh, the last one. Uh, Uses gospel, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even Pusha T's verse, which Pusha T's verse was great. But I liked, I liked the concept. I liked the instrumental. Kenny G was amazing, <laughs> <laughs> and No Malice, who is um, who I learned today, was Malice from the clips yeah. way back in the day. And the reason why you don't hear him on any Pusha T albums is because he gave his life to Christ, and so
0: I didn't know they were brothers. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I learned that too from this album. But yeah, I'd read that about malice, no malice,
1: and and it puts Pusha T's earlier albums kind of in perspective because he kind of talks about how he can't, you know, like he said he alludes to things about him and his brother and how they can't work together. What you don't realize is because his brother's taking a whole different route in life and Pusha T raps about nothing. Well, he raps about a lot of things, but primarily drug dealing. Yeah. So, and that was, it's good to see that they can come together on an album again because they always worked well together in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Um, at number seven at simply B underscore B said, after not listening to Kanye West for the past two years, I got to say, 30 seconds into every hour, he got me back. Dang it, he did. There are things we feel, and there are things that are undeniable, and this man's gift, regardless of how I or any a million other people feel, he's gifted.
1: Kanye's a genius. Yeah. And maybe that's the problem. <laughs> he's a genius. Um, you know, not a not a apologizer or apologetics person for Kanye, but I feel like he has gotten – a lot of flack in the media about a lot of things, which has deterred people from listening to his music. And a lot of those things aren't necessarily fair. Um, Yes, he handles things in a way that most people wouldn't, but if you actually listen to the content of what he's saying, it isn't necessarily wrong. You know, it's kind of like with the Taylor Swift thing. And also I think a lot of people hated him after the Taylor Swift thing. That was the beginning of the hate, but you know Beyonce, I think she won best best video period across all you know all forms, male or female. So if you have the best video period, how do you not win best female video? This kind of like they were giving Taylor Swift a gimme, and his attack wasn't at her because he said your video was was good too, but. And he was more calling out the people who were doing the award show. She took it personally, and America thought he was sliding her when he was trying to point out an injustice as that's who he is as a person. And it's kind of like the 13th Amendment thing. He's not saying abolish slavery. I mean, like, let slavery happen again. But there is clauses from what he said, and Mandy, you can correct me, that you lose your rights once you become a felon. Right and that's the part that he's talking about but in true Kanye West fashion he never gives context (laughs) right never
0: well and I think uh this person that tweeted this who I don't know um I think they're right that his creativity really starts coming out on every hour um just because it's that whole typical storyline of a character and you know the character starts out in need and you would drive the whole story from that point. And I think that is how the Christian faith kind of goes sometimes. But I also think that's how Kanye's journey has gone. Um, at number six, Et McKenna Heron said, if you loved Jesus Walks, you'll love the track Selah. Similar intensity, best song on the album in my honest opinion. Now I was thinking about this song because you know that word means... Psalms, which they obviously, Kim and Kanye, named their most recent child that. and um, But I thought it was interesting that it kind of showed character to a person and not just the character. So he's got like, you know, defends himself when he's like screaming at the chauffeur and, you know, concerned with his freedom and his friends that have betrayed him and stabbing him in the back and all that but I think that it's also his view of how the world is today and not just himself and his, his flight, but, you know, he basically views himself like a soldier, you know, in God's army. And there's always, you know, in good storylines, there's always that polarized relationship. And so I, I think that it's one of my top favorites on the album for sure.
1: Another one of my favorites, I think it was on God where he was talking about how his father said it wasn't Mm Christ-like. And the thing I've noticed about this album, he talks about a lot of things that you generally don't hear in gospel albums. And that is, you know, personal struggles that are going on and how God has helped him in some and how he's faltered in others. Kind of like when he spazzed on his dad and his dad said that ain't Christ-like. And I, I think I really, I really love this album. I really, I mean, what I say is one of my top five Kanye albums. It may be number five. Wait.
0: Well, I was thinking about that today. It was hard for me to rank the albums because this is so unlike any of his other albums. True. Um, so I don't really know, but number five is at Burger King. And all it says is Open on Sunday, which if you've never followed Burger King on Twitter, you have to. Their Twitter game is awesome. Um, But Open on Sunday is what they tweeted. Obviously, that's about the Closed on Sunday song or the song Our Son Calls the Chick-fil-A or Chipmunk for some reason song. Um, He's cute. (laughs) That one at first kind of got me because, first of all, no one likes the Lemonade at Chick-fil-A. That's just wrong but I don't know apparently Kanye does but um I mean a lot of people do a lot of people are pointing at that song as saying the album has lackluster lyrics I don't think that's true if you notice Kanye always has kind of like a silly song on all of his albums like college dropout he had that um new workout plan or slow jams breathe in breathe out things like that he's always trying to do kind of like a hit pop song, funny thing. I don't think that was the case with
1: this, though. Okay, so New Workout, if you actually listen to it deeply, it's talking about kind of fakeness and things like that. Um, And I think this song probably has more depth to it than we're, you know, giving it credit. Um, And we probably, like, I'm going to listen to it a couple more times before I make a judgment on how shallow it is. But again... (laughs) as compared to other gospel records, like what do you expect? Like,
0: Well, and I actually did like the part about, you know, if you have daughters, watch out for vipers and things like that, because he's been very um, upfront lately. And it's been in the media that he, you know, he's told Kim that their daughter North can't wear some of the crazy stuff she's been wearing and makeup and stuff like that. Um, I think it also kind of points to, you know, the kind of parent he is, which he seems like he's really involved with his kids and really wants to do right by them. So I think it's silly, but I think with everything with
1: Kanye, there's always some deep meaning. Actually, it's funny you mention that because, so the actual album cover, you have to go through some archives, but like a random person from some random record company way back in the day, it's like the printing from a gospel album from like the 1960s oh, yeah. or 70s. And that that just shows what I'm talking about, like Kanye later stuff. And if you listen to it with, you know, just listening to it, you wouldn't understand that there may be something deeper to it. Not saying that there is, but there possibly may be. And on the Darna thing, I think Kanye, and I, and it's a great thing, he realizes how he was earlier on in his career and how he may have treated women at some point and his daughter made him grow. And that's, that's always good.
0: Yeah. um, Number four is at nineties dreams. And this is a quote from the Kanye song. I bleached my hair for every time I could have died, but I survived. That's on God. And then Jesse, this guy went on to say, and you thought it was a fashion statement. Check on your friends. You might never know. I, On God is probably, oh, I don't know. I'm going to say it's my in my top three favorite songs on this album. Um, I thought this was interesting, though. You know, if you follow Kanye and his pictures and stuff, you'll see every once in a while he does. He bleaches his hair out. And I always thought he did it just because sometimes Kim does that, too, and just because people do that. But I thought it was interesting. And it's like now we know that, when he does that, like he's struggling, you know, with the mental health issues that he's brought up. So I thought that was really interesting, but um, it also reminded me, um, Yolanda Adams is a really big gospel singer. And she always said that she preferred um, gospel music. And that's the reason she always stayed in that genre was because she never felt peace in any other type of music because it always made her think like, I could, I can make it through anything. And I thought that was interesting with him putting that song out there after what we know he's gone through with, you know, his bipolar and things like that. To put that out there and that song, I just really like it. I mean, there were some parts that I was like, eh, talk, it kind of felt like he was defending how expensive his shoes are and things like that. But I also think, I mean, he was
1: just being real. So I had the pleasure of watching the David Letterman interview that he mm-hmm. did with Kanye. And if you watch that interview, you realize that a lot of the things he does, it's not like the the intent behind it is not to hurt. It's not to be vicious. It's not to be mean. A lot of it, like honestly, throughout the whole thing, his his uh, he talked about how his mother and his family instilled through him this sense, or and his dad this sense of, if you see an injustice, call it out. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, though, in this world, when you see something that you feel isn't right, when you state it, instead of someone actually having a conversation with you, they instantly brand you as evil and they completely you know, shut you out. Another thing he brought up was the fact that if you have mental illness, the moment you say something people don't agree with, they instantly throw out that crazy word. Mm-hmm. And that's very true as well. But throughout the interview, you realize Kanye, though he is a strong person, he's also a very fragile person. Yeah. And a lot of I think a lot of his anxiety stems from the fact that he doesn't want to be misunderstood. And he wants to make sure that people know his intent is not to hurt. And a lot of times that's get that gets lost. And I think that's why he kind of tries to defend himself on God, because he's basically saying the same thing he said in Letterman, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, The next tweet comes from, this is a long one, at RJ54762678, (laughs) said, I love this album. It shows his love for Jesus. Water is a very good track and one of my favorites. But the next following track, God Is, has Kanye's greatest vocal performance and on those two songs i really liked water um i liked the comparison that a lot of people the critics have made that water ties to baptism which is obviously a key component of uh christianity and kind of that purifying um, process i guess um i liked that song a lot but i also liked that it kind of was showed the difference from what he had on Sela and Clothes on Sundays. It's kind of when the album started to turn for me. And then with God is, um I do think vocally it was probably his strongest performance. It's not my favorite song on the album, but I definitely think that's one of his vocally best performances on there. And felt a lot more traditional gospel, I guess.
1: God is. Water I love too. Yeah. But God is is probably if not my it's my second or third favorite track. Like my three favorites are uh, use this gospel mm-hmm. on God and you know, God is in any order. And I think the reason why is because you know, he says a lot of powerful stuff on there. Uh, talk about talking about how you know God give, gave him his family, his life. And I think the, the ending part of the last verse where he says, Jesus won the fight. I think that's powerful. And you can feel it in his voice that he was was serious, you know, that he truly believes that. And to me, that's very powerful, you know, because you don't, I mean, you don't really see that from celebrities per se. Like them, oh, well, except for Matt. (laughs) What's his name? Uh... All right, all right, all right. Matthew
0: McConaughey. Matthew
1: McConaughey and uh, Chris Pratt. Well, other than those two, you don't really like see people ugly like, Jesus! Okay. And you could tell like Kanye truly believes that his life has been made better by accepting Jesus.
0: You know, one of the other songs, um, I don't have a tweet about this one, but Hands On, I thought that song was really interesting. It made me think of the Christian uh, – thing of laying hands on people and praying and healing and things like that. I think the most disappointing thing to me in this album is not the length or anything to do with the album. It's the way a lot of people in the Christian faith have responded to it negatively. Because if, if you believe scripture, scripture says let all things praise the Lord. It shouldn't matter that it's Kanye. It shouldn't matter at all. It just should be, that's one more person, you know, and in the times right now when we have people supporting, you know, the president, everybody kind of turns a blind eye to the ministers that are doing that. But yet if Kanye does it, it's a problem. But I took that song for him, to him being like, he needs their prayers. He needs their hands on him and their support. And I've been disappointed to see how people have responded.
1: I mean, in the song itself, he said... What did you hear from the Christians? Yeah. They'll be the first one to diss me. And I think, I think, you know, most people took that as a automatic defense. I think he was actually pointing out the fact that Christians, nowadays, Christians are the worst offenders of um, hatred, Mm -hmm. per se, you know? And we were called to love. Right. You know? And he also, kinda of said like it was about him, but it was also about all these other groups that need their hands on them. Like, was what was the first part? Um, get pulled over, don't know if you're gonna make it. Like you like people people need that love because number one, you don't know if you're gonna die in an altercation with a police officer nowadays. Number two, um, if the thirteenth Amendment he mentioned it again. If you become a felon, you definitely need, you know, someone's hands on you, someone's prayer. And I think, I think the fact that people are meeting this negatively, first of all, who are we to judge his, his view of God and salvation? You know, that's not our place.
0: Yeah. uh, At number two, at S-U-H Spence said, Jesus is king. Sounds better than it writes, which is okay with me that Clips first plus Kenny G solo during Use This Gospel is legit though. We were talking about this earlier obviously Clips is Pusha T and his brother No Malice and that they haven't performed together since like early two, or 2010-ish It's been a long oh, time. No, I think
1: it was longer than that actually.
0: But um, you know I thought that one was interesting too. I even think Kanye tried to bring a little healing to that situation because did you notice how Pusha T said something about how he was as crooked as Vegas, and then No Malice said like, um, "There's a lot of damaged souls, but don't lose faith in your brother when he's lost his faith," kind of thing.
1: Uh, he said, "There's a lot of damaged souls. I used to damage those." Yeah. So he he admits to the fact that his music and who he was as a person at one point helped damage people further than they already were. Um, honestly, and this may sound crazy. <laughs> uh-uh. But the first time I heard that song, I actually teared up for some reason. And I don't know why. <laughs> like I actually teared up. Um It was Kitty G. It was a no, saxophone. No, no, actually, no. The moment Kanye came on and said use this gospel to protect yourself. Yeah. I think yeah. I think sometimes when you're living in the world and you know, life gets hard. Life gets rough. And sometimes, you know, you kind of fall, if you're a Christian, you fall to the temptations of the world. And him just saying, use this gospel to protect yourself, kind of kind of was powerful to me, you know?
0: Well, I love that song. That's definitely my favorite on the album. And I, I did love the Kenny G. I thought <laughs> that was awesome. Kenny G kill it. Um, <laughs> I own. like how it came in, though. It was like the whole thing had been kind of dramatic. But then when that, just the simple saxophone, it was like, Everything kind of died out and there was no words or anything. It just was like simple and yeah. visceral, which totally reminded me of gospel music, too. Yeah.
1: And well, I know that now after this, I'm going to go listen because I also found out that He, No Malice, has been rapping about Christ for a while. And that's going to be the next thing I listen to. So that was a gateway to other things. But one thing I want to say with this, like a lot of people don't think about, like imagine how many people who wouldn't listen to a gospel album, but would listen to Kanye's album? Yeah. Like, how many people has he actually led to question and actually reach out to somebody to learn more about God? How many people who can't listen to a gospel album will listen to this and still get fed? Also, like, our son, who's only three, started asking us questions about God now. Which I think is also beautiful. You know? Complicated. Complicated. Very complicated. Complicated. Yes, because he's three, it's hard to explain. <clears throat> but, you know, imagine the cultural relevance of this album. Somebody who used to rap about, you know, things of the world changed. And now he's doing something different.
0: I think it'll be interesting with this album to see how it stands the test of time, not only just. Is it still going to be relevant a few years from now? But also, what is Kanye going to do from here? Um, You know, he says he's got that Christmas album coming out, Jesus Is Born, with the Sunday Service Choir. He says it'll be out at Christmas. The way this one went, it might be Easter. Who knows? But at number one, at one take, Blake said, after listening to Kanye West's Jesus Is King album three times, I have to say it's 27 minutes of excellence. It's something different, but it's Kanye, so it's expected. Not to mention he got the Fred Hammond on the album. I like the growth from Kanye. I rated it 8.5 out of 10. I actually was reading an article about how Kanye got hooked up with Fred Hammond because I, too, thought it was a little odd. But I found out that they actually met at Chance the Rapper's wedding, and Kirk Franklin introduced them because Kanye asked him to. Cause he wanted to work with Fred Hammond. And so they had kind of a casual interaction and, but Kanye said to Fred Hammond, I want to work with you soon. But Hammond came away from the conversation like, Oh, everybody in Hollywood says that. And he said, it was only like a month or two later that Kanye called him and was like, Hey, I'm in the studio. This is what I'm doing. And he said, you know, he got a lot of flack for going into the studio and working with Kanye. But just because he's a badass, cause it's Fred Hammond. And he's like the king of gospel music. He was like, I don't really care because he's worshiping God. That's what I do. I don't care who I do it with. But you know, he's also the one that got flack for working with Snoop Dogg. When Snoop did some gospel songs. How
1: can you hate Uncle Snoop?
0: <laughs> but, um, so I thought that was interesting. I thought it was cool. I liked the correlation of Chance, the rapper, Kurt Franklin, and how they kind of all work together on this. But um, I also was interested in your score. So, Babyface Blake is this guy that tweeted this. He gave it an 8.5 out of 10. What kind of score do you give it?
1: First, before I give it a score, one thing I will say as well, people are complaining about how short it is. But you also got to think about how music listeners are now. People don't, nowadays, people don't listen to 90, well, what was it, like 50-minute albums back in the day? Yeah. People don't listen to that anymore. They need something that's easy to digest, quickly consumed, and Kanye did a 27-minute album for those people.
0: Did you think just maybe in the back of your head this was a little slight to Drake in the fact that he has the most ethically long albums?
1: No. Not at all. Okay, sure. I think think Kanye's trying to move past that whole Drake beef thing. Um, So... I actually give it an 8.5 or a 9 as well. I enjoyed it. There was a lot of a lot of goodness. I could listen to it with my kid. I can't listen to a lot of the music I was typically listening to with my kid. And honestly, like, I don't think people hated Yee or whatever it was before this. Yay, mm-hmm. Ye. Like, I really don't think Kanye has made a bad album as of yet. Because all of them, even in life of Pablo, which I really didn't like at first, after I came back maybe six, seven months to a year later and actually listened to it and gave it a chance, because some parts kind of threw me off of the streaming. but <laughs> like, I actually listened to it and I realized that I didn't even get to the second half of the album. And when I went back and listened to the first half, I was like, wait, why did I not like this? This is actually pretty
0: good. Yeah, I thought, you know, with the album ending with Jesus is Lord, which was the, the shortest song on the album, I thought there was, again, just typical Kanye. There was such a story to it because, you know, he ended the song, Jesus This Gospel, right before with Kenny G's solo, just one saxophone. But then he comes in with Jesus is Lord with this f- full orchestra-type presence. And I took that to say, like, It takes a community. I think that's part of him appearing everywhere with the Sunday service choir. I think he's really trying to, I don't think he's trying to drum up some cult following. Like a lot of people have accused him of. I think it really is about the community. And I think that just having an orchestra, that's what really like kind of hammered the end of it. Because again, it was following that storyline.
1: Also, what else do you need to say at that point? Jesus is King. You don't need to add anything to that. But thank you for bringing up the Sunday service gospel. Um so uh, I think three or four things I take I take kind of issue with is people mentioning him using gospel to make money. That's one thing. And that's because if he had actually made a regular album with full of cursing and everything else, he would have made tons more money than he would make doing a gospel album. Secondly, how's he going to produce the next album if he doesn't make money on this album? <laughs> well, like, not to mention, you know, people talking about how people have to pay to go to Sunday service. He has a full gospel choir. He ain't asking for tides. And he's like, how do you think he puts that on yeah. every every Sunday? Well, and he's flying them all over the country. That's expensive. <laughs> And it's it's kind of this thing of the moment you say you're a Christian, people put you at this impossible like standard that no one can meet. Just because you say you're a Christian doesn't mean that you God reincarnate, you know? It just means you are a person following Jesus. You're still human, you still falter, you still make mistakes, and we don't need to forget that. Like, stop putting Christians at this super high standard. Well, you shouldn't be getting paid for talking about God. Like, well, how is he supposed to keep talking about God?
0: Yeah. Like Well, and that's what I say too when I was saying the thing about how will this album stand the test of time. I worry what he comes out with next or two years from now, because I'm afraid people will throw this album back at him. When I think just like everything with Kanye, it's this linear storyline of continuity with him. It's all his music is always his journey where he's at and his in his life, And yeah, I mean, Christians aren't perfect. They're not, I mean, we're not called to be perfect. And we hold Kanye to some standard because he's some celebrity of a standard we can never live up to or want for ourselves. And it just doesn't make sense.
1: No, and on top of that, if Kanye decides that he's going to go back to making, you know, whatever means he's, he's going to go back to making, I'm not going to hold him to, like, I'm not going to, we all say things that we mean at the time. You know, and the thing that's kind of the trend in the culture right now, in society right now, is holding people to their past mistakes. You know, now, yes, you should account for what you did. But at the same time, like that was somebody when they were younger, dumber and people grow, like stop holding people like to these past things. Cancel culture, as they put it. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's really ridiculous the way we do this. And the funny thing is, a lot of the people who try to use this cancel culture to destroy somebody end up also getting destroyed themselves. Like that one guy that wrote an article about somebody who said racist comments, and then you go back to through his Twitter, and he did the same thing. Right, yeah. It's kind of like with Kevin Hart. Like, they said he said all this homophobic stuff, but the people who called him out also said homophobic stuff. Like, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody grows. Like, let Kanye grow. Let him be who he's going to be. Because it's not your responsibility to judge him, to decide if he's whatever. If you don't like what he's doing, don't listen to the music. Keep it moving. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, as always, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks for joining me today.
1: I always enjoy this too, especially when it's talking about Kanye, because I think he's a very interesting person. Yep. I I love like I would just recommend everybody go watch the Netflix special with him and David Letterman because it was it was good. And Kanye typically is a genuine person. Like I was watching an interview with Danny McBride and um what is his name? The night show host. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel. And Danny McBride was like, Yeah, Kanye just, you know, contacted me one day and said, Hey, I got an idea and I want to work with you. Kind of like Fred Hammond. And, you know, Danny McBride was kind of like, Oh, okay. And he said the same thing like, This is Hollywood. People say they want to work with you. You may not hear from them for like three, four years. And he said, The next day, Kanye calls him and was like, Hey, I'm coming out. Where you at? <laughs> Like, what? (laughs) And then he just sat in his house and watched his son play Xbox sitting with Danny McBride just talking. Yeah. Like, and that's what I love about Kanye. He's, he's a very, very awesome person in some aspects.
0: Well, Kanye, if you want to come out and hang out with us, you're more than welcome. Don't say that. He'll show up. Please bring Chloe. She is my celebrity friend crush. But, uh, Yep, anyway.
1: Chloe, my Kim.
0: (laughs) Today, in honor of Kanye's donation to the Buried Alive Project on behalf of his wife, Kim Kardashian, we'd like to highlight the work of their organization. The Buried Alive Project works to help advance the movement of reforming our nation's criminal justice system through transformative litigation, legislation, and humanization. Their current focus is dismantling profoundly inhumane life without parole sentences handed down under federal drug law. Of the approximately 183,000 people in federal prison today, 46.2% of them are there for drug offenses and approximately 3,800 men and women are serving life without parole. Among those serving life without parole sentences, about half at 49.1% have been convicted of a drug crime and 80% of them are people of color. While the statistics are astonishing to truly understand this issue, we must look beyond the numbers and see the heartbeats. The Buried Alive Project uses statistics and stories to educate the public and amplify the voices of those directly impacted. The human element is rarely addressed, but necessary to drive change needed to reform the criminal justice system. By engaging people across the country, this project will harness America's collective interest, passion, and direct experience of this issue into concrete change. To learn more, go check out their website at buriedaliveproject.org. That wraps up things here today on Tweets and Tonics. Thanks for joining us. Cheers and go do some good, y'all. Sarah Bessie in her book, Jesus Feminist, said, I want to be outside with the misfits, with the rebels, the dreamers, second chance givers, the radical grace lavishers, the ones with arms wide open, the courageously vulnerable, and among even or maybe especially the ones rejected by the table as not worthy enough or right enough thanks for joining us today. Please be sure to go like, follow, and review our podcast so others can find us as well. Cheers, y'all,
1: and go do some good.